0: relationships you got to build those relationships with your players uh, because then uh, that trust becomes where they really can look at you in your eyes and tell that okay we're in this moment and this really can happen if we get to this point
1: where can you turn when you're in pain turn to beacon orthopedics and sports medicine where more high school college and pro athletes turn where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and sports medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon difference. Coach Michelle Clark Hurd, welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Thanks for coming into the studio today um, and joining us here on the Underdog Podcast.
0: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you all for uh, just thinking of me and uh, allowing me to be here uh, in you all's presence. And uh, thanks for taking the time to show me around. This was uh, it's incredible uh, just what, this, w- what it all means and what it, it stands for. So uh, I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I mean University of Cincinnati right down the right in our backyard. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure when we can connect with you all. And again, as you mentioned before we started recording, you know, anything we can do to continue to get your brand out there and, and
2: really even women's sports, women's basketball, is, you know, that's what we're about here. So thank you very much. Yeah, we agreed that UConn, Stanford, Oregon are <laughs> staying out of the state of Ohio or whoever else we got. So we're building a national brand here with Coach Hurd it's at UC our Basketball. Our backyard, yeah, <laughs> UC baby. Yeah, no, we're excited, Coach, to have you and, and learn about your journey. And uh, let's go. Let's get into it, Cal.
1: So, um, as I say in every episode, um, we find an underdog moment of what we believe is a moment of you know maybe adversity in your life of of overcoming. And um, I want to go back to uh, your very first head coach job that you had. Um, when you were at Kentucky State. And when you inherited the program, um, I believe they had only won one game that previous season.
0: Couldn't go anywhere but up. (laughs) (laughs) That is
1: very true. And that's where I want to go with that. Um, Over the years, but starting there, you've been known to be able to come in and turn a program around. Um, Can you take us back to when you accepted that position and – really that adversity and how you were able to turn the program around and your mentality towards it?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, me being from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, I always knew um, that Kentucky State was a a good school, great school. Um, I really believe that you could have the opportunity to get players, uh, not only from Kentucky, but Ohio and a lot of different places to be able to um, come to Kentucky State. I know a lot of people uh, just the university itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, that was always, uh, a job that I kind of had my eye on. If I felt like that, I wanted to become a head coach. I didn't know if I wanted to be a head coach at first. Uh, and so when it came uh, when it came open, uh, there actually was, uh, um, one of my former teammates, mom, that was on the board of regents, uh, Clement Haskins. So her mom was on the board and, uh, was re- they reached out and uh, basically just asked, would I be interested? Uh, so of course, like you said, they had only won one game. So I'm like, well, this will probably be a great situation to go into to kind of be able to learn myself uh, going into my first head coaching uh, position. And so uh, I was really excited about it. Um, got there and it was uh, we hit the ground running. We had to. So I hired one of my former players. It was me and her. Uh, and one of the most energetic players I've ever coached. She's from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, because I knew that we were going to have to really, really work to figure out how we were going to get things done. Um, so I, I left Cincinnati as the assistant uh, to go to Kentucky State. Well, Lori Purtle is uh, one of the most amazing coaches when it comes to uh, individual skill development. And I just I think she took a lot of players uh, that maybe others would not have taken at that time, and they became very very good players and so I was able to take what I learned here mm-hmm. as an assistant to go there and be able to put those things together and so uh you know that first year we went from one, I think we won six games the that that uh that year, my first year there, and uh I could just see the growth uh in the girls every day they were so hungry and eager to come in and um uh, but it wasn't easy uh you know but when you've been a part of uh, watching people teach and do something that they love to do, then you just have fun going in and doing it, and that's what that's the way it was. Uh, and so we were recruiting. So I told my sister, this is what we got to do, recruit, recruit, recruit. And uh, we ended up getting a lot of kids that really bought into wanting to come to Kentucky State. And then the next year, we had the second largest turnaround in uh, Division II basketball, and we won 19 games.
1: When someone goes in, when a leader comes in and takes over a program, a business, or something, um, what were some of the things that you had to do that you had to change? Because the mindset is typically at that point, when something goes bad in a game, you've only won one game. When you when it's late in the second half and you've lost numerous games, when something bad goes happen happens you automatically shut down how are you able to change that mindset of, of the team
0: relationships you got to build those relationships with your players uh, because then uh, that trust becomes where they really can look at you in your eyes and tell that okay we're in this moment and this really can happen if we get to this point point. Um, and I've really just built my whole coaching head coaching career off of that relationships really important to me I take it uh, you know, so personal and, and uh, you know, I find just different ways to connect because every uh, player is different. And uh, I think that's what really happened. Uh, you know, I'm always, of course, you got to have a point guard that, um, you know, can execute and do the things that, you know, you want to have done on the floor. So, you know, i make sure that I have that relationship with that point, point guard because that point guard is a coach on the floor for me. Uh, and so I think that's the biggest thing is just building that part and building relationships and getting them to trust you. Yeah. Uh, you know, because if they trust that you really care and it's not just about basketball, then I f- believe all the pieces start to fall together. Yeah.
2: And how do you coach golf of that? I think everyone, how do you build that trust? Is that spending time with them off the court? Mm-hmm. Is it in your office? Is it in, like I said, any of us as being learning leaders as we talk about what knowledge nuggets maybe. Do you have you done, because obviously you've done tremendous, we'll go over your career, but how do you develop that trust?
0: Well, I think you said it, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time and it was, even at Kentucky State, uh, you know, when I went to West Kentucky, when I came here, you know, the first two months I'm, I'm doing work at home because, uh, Every day the kids are coming in the office and we're building those relationships. We're talking about things and we're not just about basketball. I want to get to know them as individuals, uh, what they like, what they don't like, Um, you know, finding like uh, our different connections that we have. It's it's just a uh, you have to have that personal touch. Uh, And that's something that I really love, Uh, you know, go to church with some of my players. Uh, You know, we we just do a lot of different things. We, uh, you know, send like, you know, different books. We we just do a lot of different whatever uh, I feel like that uh, really makes that player tick Mm -hmm. and what gets them interested in not only just basketball, but like you can see the light when you talk to them about those things. I really try to focus on those things. And it's really helped me. It's grown me as a coach uh, because you learn so many different things from so many different players. Uh, you know, different players come from all different walks of life, their families, what that looks like. And, and so it's important. You know, some are raised in, in a two-parent home, some are not. And so what are they missing? Uh, so because we're that extended family for those when they come to school. And I, so I want to make sure that I'm not just telling a parent that I'm going to take care of your child but I'm really going to do that. And so it's really important to me.
2: Yeah. I love that. And coach John Wooden says, what, when the ball goes flat, which it will, what are you going to do next? And Mm -hmm. obviously you're preparing these, these young student athletes, these females and women's basketball is such a critical piece of developing future leaders in, in our communities. Right. So that's awesome to hear. And, have you maybe a success story i love to hear at least one of maybe your former players at kentucky state or through your journey that's out you know doing good things in their community Do you have any specific names or people that come to mind
0: uh yeah, that's a good one i uh, got a
2: bunch i'm sure doing great things but
0: yeah you know maybe i'll piggyback off just the, the relationship piece when it comes mm-hmm. to that um you know, uh, this is a story that was was pretty cool to me, uh, and this goes to relationships. Uh, they're all doing great. They're great, doing great in, you know, the things that, that they choose uh, for their profession. Uh, You know, some are playing professional basketball. Some are, you know, a couple that are getting in, they're coaching. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and that's pretty cool when they they come in, and they was like, no way I could coach. There's no <laughs> way. And then you go through those years, those four years or whatever in college, and they're like, you know what, Coach? I'm thinking about it, I'm going to get into coaching. That's a That really right there hits home to me sure. because that means that my staff and I, we really put something in them that they really think that now they can give back. Uh, but the story I was going to share is, uh, you know, speaking on relationship pieces, uh had a former player uh, of mine who uh, actually was a great player at Western Kentucky, um, went to WNBA, uh, you know, tryouts, went overseas to play basketball, uh, and then um, – ended up uh, becoming pregnant and uh so uh she actually um left from overseas and uh one day on mother's day this is uh was pretty cool um I got a a phone call from my associate head coach uh, Melissa and uh, she said uh hey I got a swing by your house uh Tasia wants for me to bring you something and uh i had no idea what what was going on and uh so she comes to my house and then we get Tej on FaceTime and uh she like has this whole setup about me being the godmother of a child and wow. that just shows you um wow. the peace of a relationship and it was something that really really touched me uh, because you don't realize the lives that you touch and it's not only just with basketball yeah. and uh so yeah and i'm one too that I always like to give back i just had a former player that uh was a special assistant to the head coach and uh, now she's moved on to uh, uh, take on another career, but actually uh, Tasia will be joining our staff uh, coming soon. Uh, So I'm always trying to give back and uh, give them opportunities. So, you know, their story can be told uh, in the way that, because I say this all the time, you know, and we say as a coach, it's not just about you as a coach, you know, if it wasn't for the assistant coaches and the players, I wouldn't be sitting here right now and we talking about, you know, how well I've done as a coach because it's all about your players and the people that are around you.
1: Speaking of taking on another career, I was curious about this. When you got done playing, you didn't, unlike most of our guests who went right into coaching or within a couple of years, you went and worked in says the like the recreational setting. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk us through that journey? And then, why you chose that and then how did you transition into mm. the profession you have now that's a taking? That's a great
0: question. Uh, again, I never dreamed uh, that I'd be a, head, uh, a coach at all. I didn't, that was nothing that I thought that I wanted to do. One thing I did know is that I love being around people and I love like having the impact uh, on younger people. Uh, so that's where the recreation side came in. I got my degree in recreation and a minor in child psychology. And so, Uh, When I had the opportunity to go overseas or to get a job, I chose to take the job. Um, And so, uh, thank goodness now I'm back in basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, no, so it just, um, what happened was I got in recreation, loved it. I uh, loved every single day. I ran my own community center in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It was so awesome. The kids would come in every single day. We'd have after-school programs. We'd do the whole, have the basketball teams and just everything. And it was great just being in that situation. Uh, and then um, one day, a high school coach that uh, was in the same region as I, uh, as I played in, in high school, uh, came to my uh, community center and was like, hey, I got a, a assistant position coach open and I would love for you to coach. I said, no, nah, that's not what I'm trying to do. I really appreciate it. Well, he was so persistent and he like kept coming back every day. And so he would come and hang out with the kids and do all of this. And then he was like, I'm going to wear you down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was
0: like, well, thank goodness he did. Yep. Uh, so I went and uh, showed up at the uh, high school. How old were um, you at
1: this time? Probably.
0: Uh, I had Got out of uh, I was probably my fourth year out of college. Okay. Uh, so. So you mm,
1: were well into the work. Yeah, the may- profession.
0: Yes, I was, and so maybe my fifth year. Yeah, so probably my fifth year out of college, and and so I was like, okay, I'll just go and show up at practice, and uh, and of course it was incredible. Like I was like, you you know the balls are bouncing, and you seeing the kids, you like, and I was like, okay, and so he's like, just come. So I went back. I became the assistant coach and the JV coach. We had a great team. Uh, and I ended up being really good friends, um, with one of the players, uh, that I coached her mom. And she was like, you're just natural. You got a natural gift. The girls love you that, and I said, no, (laughs) I said this, this is, I'm just doing this as like part-time. I love what I do. So then my, my college coach, um, that was at Western Kentucky that coached me, he was taking uh, the job at Nebraska and uh, he called me and he was like, Hey, you know, um, I just think you, you need a change. And need changed. change. You, you've been in recreation and you've done this for a while and you've done great. He said, I think you would be a heck of a coach. And I said, Coach, I, I don't know about the college level. I just don't know if I can. He said, trust me. You know, you, you'll you be great at it. And so I went home at night and I was like thinking, he's never steered me wrong. You know, he, he he picked me out of everyone to come and, and play for him at Western Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I had a great career. Uh, and so I was like, okay, so I packed up and went to Nebraska had no idea I'm like where is Nebraska and I'm <laughs> like you know because I uh, all my life I've been in Kentucky yeah and uh that was the best decision I ever made so that's how it all got started
1: that's crazy it, it, it's it's uh, who else did we have on um started at um the the girls school Macaulay. oh um, uh coach Mack
2: Chris yeah Mack. Co- coach, coach Chris, Chris Mack, Mack was yeah.
1: kind of the same way the JV coach of coaching girls And he's like I had no he's like I was laying on my parents couch when I graduated and Lo and behold, now he's at yeah. he's at Louisville. That, that's but, awesome. but a common
2: thread. I think anyone that's listening in a nugget that we can provide there is a lot of times nothing good comes unless you risk. Mm-hmm. It was a risk, but you had you know obviously a relationship you trusted, just mm-hmm. like you're asking your players to trust you. I think a lot of times you have to trust in other people mm-hmm. that they're going to give you an opportunity. And like you said, you were open about it, and obviously it just created this whole. You know, storybook really uh, incredible journey um, through your career. So I think that's just something. I think it's important. I've learned that through business too. Mm -hmm. Is like it needs to be a calculated risk. So it's not saying like you said, but going to Nebraska. You know, for someone that's a Mm -hmm. young person going from recreation type. You know career to all the way out to nebraska to and on coaching. top
0: of it i had to go back to school too because i started out as the graduate assistant oh, so wow. graduate graduate assistant slash film person slash everything else yeah wow. um but and it,
2: and even coach miller talked about that when he was on with us about you know learning every facet so mm-hmm. being a ga being um travel and f- travel and film yes. and this and that and yeah. and it's it's an incredible how important that is, though, and I think even John Harbaugh mentioned that mm-hmm. you know, as the humble beginnings create, um, you know, you to be a, really a head coach one day because you can learn from the ground up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. There's
2: something too that I think from a, a, you know continuity with a lot of our guests that have sustained excellences. They've also they've had experience, chosen suffering, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you weren't making a lot of money, <laughs> you know, uh, which which the coaching profession is, is 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 very difficult to get your feet up mm-hmm. to being a premier job with the program and provide for your family so a lot of people don't understand that even Tony Pike who we had on last week he was like I was a draft in the NFL but I stayed at a holiday in I was a six-round draft pick <laughs> most people think that just because I'm a six-round you know it's just a perception I think of of um, what the media portrays at times is the top one percent even mm-hmm. of sports Yep. Um, speaking of the top in one percent transition to a question I had something that really I think was a profound learning lesson for Calvin and I was Corey Close, UCLA's women's basketball coach, said only 4% of coverage um, for ESPN and other major sports Mm -hmm. networks covers women's sports. Um, What do you think, you know, I think, in my opinion, I think that needs, of course, to improve. How, How tangibly can we make that, you know, able to do that?
0: Well, I think just the uh, exposure of like the different things that I, you know, and it's not just about, as you said, this is women's sports. So you think about um, the exposure with uh, how, you know, you had the World Series for softball. You have all these different sports like the exposure is, is what it's all about. And having the opportunity to be in those places where you have millions of people watching. Uh, and I think when that happens, uh, our game continues to grow. Um, But it also uh, sometimes starts from the smaller ends of it, as we talk about this, the podcast and the different people and the the people that really invest in women's uh, sports. That's what it's all about. So that's another reason when, you know, you get an email or you get a phone call and, you you know, will you love the opportunity to come on and and, and talk about that's why it's so important for us as uh, women's. Uh, sport in women's sports, women's basketball, whoever's coaching, uh, you have to be willing and, and and wanting to do those things because that's what's going to help us be able to. We're, we're not going to, it's not going to go from 4% to, you know, wherever overnight, uh, yep. but it's the process of it. It's just like we do as we're, when we're coaching. There, there's a, a process of everything. Yep. But what does that look like? And how are you putting the things into that? That's going to help it get to where it needs to get to, Uh, and I think that's what it's all about. Our, our growing and our our learning. uh, What is that learning curve for you, and what are you investing in?
2: Yeah, no, and and I have another selfish question if you don't mind, Mambo over there. So I'm (laughs) about to be a girl dad. Okay. Super, super excited. Actually, probably should check my phone to make sure. She she is due any (laughs) second. I didn't know. Well, congratulations. uh, Yeah, thank you. So being a soon to be. Girl, dad, yep. you know, father of. I have two boys and I'm, I'm getting my girl. What parenting advice, because uh, you work with, you know, in women's basketball, work with women uh, throughout your career, what advice do you have for me?
0: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, I think it's going to be a, a home run anyway, because we are all love daddy's girls. That's, uh, that's what we are. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I can tell just. Um, your love for just in general everything it comes across like uh i think sharing that and having that uh in her presence on a daily basis um you know it's one thing i've learned uh just being around so many amazing young ladies um just the love and the care that you give for them and the ability for them to understand and know that uh they can always just be who they are uh i think that's really important uh so always kind of remembering that and I know you will but just uh there'll be some some probably as she grows there'll probably be some some crazy times uh and when I say crazy times it means just you know oh where we're at right now Whereas this there's so many different phases uh enjoying that process of those different phases and watching her grow
2: yeah, I'm, I I had a fake axe um, as a father growing up. I guess <laughs> now you hear all the stories
0: like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you roll in, you were yes. gonna date my daughter. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I not thought that forward, but it was funny. I had a um a baby shower. The, the company, thank goodness, they're so nice people. Surprise me, have a cake on Monday morning, and um. There were stuff I I have no idea because Calvin's a, a girl dad yeah, so he knew God, it. Five, so but there's these I've, these I've all this with wa- the Tootsies now. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what were they called, Calvin? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. Come on, man, no, you're I my just, partner I here.
1: Dresser Tootsies. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
2: I learned a lot on Monday. That's Tootsie awesome. something. Have to yeah, do hair? yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. way you put on outside of a diaper. So anyway, it's grown adult dad stuff. But I'm super excited. So when do you go? Say my my daughter's um, a really good um, athlete in high school mm-hmm. and better getting than recruited. Dad. Yeah, better a lot better than me. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> a lot more athletic. Hopefully, um, but you come coach. Heard comes into the Decker household. What is a typical conversation you have with you know parents and or the student athlete?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing is uh, you know by the time we have came to your house, you your your daughter and you all have probably already gotten to know us anyway. Um, when we come in the house, the biggest thing is just really, um, just really getting you all to understand and kind of see who we are. Um, you know, um, hopefully you would already have been to campus and met us face to face, and then we come into the household, and it's really just um, providing whatever information it is that we need to give you all um, to make sure that you're you're very comfortable in us uh, potentially being uh, the future coach of your daughter. Uh, so we just do a lot of. Um, We cover a lot of bases Uh, of course talk about the education piece Uh, we talk about um, where we are in in the program and where we're going uh, and definitely where your daughter would fit in all of that Uh, i'm a very transparent coach uh, so i'm very honest uh, and i really like to just make sure that i give all the information and everything that's there and we all know that uh, everyone has choices so if we ended up in your house for a home visit Uh, then that's a great thing because you have a choice to open up your your home uh, to those, to different programs. And so I always take that. That's a big deal to me when people come on campus, when they come to our games, when they come visit, like people have choices. And so if we're in that situation where we became, uh, where we're one of those choices and we'll be so excited to just be sitting there with the family to really uh, just explain about the extended family part and who we could be, uh, for your daughter and, and what that looks like for her growing up and, and going, you know, to the University of Cincinnati. Yeah,
2: speaking of choices, hot topic across every coach we're talking to obviously is the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. A lot of different takes on it. Um, what What do you think the transfer portal, you know, going forward – Means to sports and/or women's basketball and/or maybe UC's women's your program.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we we were very fortunate, uh, mm-hmm. you know. In in this past uh, when everything started with the portal, um, I you know I'm a firm believer. This is how how I believe. Um, you know, when you coach your program and you're coaching, some obviously sometimes there's going to be um, you you the player and you as a coach might think that everything is going to be great. And anything can happen. A uh, kid could get homesick, want to go back closer to home. There could, there's so many different circumstances to transferring. Um, but what I always say as a coach and what we talk about as a staff, man, it, when you're doing everything you can for your players that are there and as we talk about the relationship piece and you're loving on them and you're being transparent with them about how they can get better on the basketball court and you're giving them everything that you promised them and their parents, that's what you can do. And then if something happens where something they decide that they want to move on or go somewhere else, those things are going to happen. Uh, And I just really believe, I do believe that uh, players should have a choice. I I believe that. And, you know, but I also think, too, that uh, every situation is not a great situation for everyone. Uh, And it's just like you said, sometimes it's risk. It's risk in different things. And uh, we've been very fortunate. We have uh, four transfers right now. Um, that we're super excited about, and that you know we're in the was in the portal, and and now they're going to be playing for us. And, uh, and but it's a relationship base. A lot of those players, we were their second choice, <laughs> and you know I'm one of those coaches that I'm just like, I want you to go where you're going to be happy and where you're going to thrive. And uh, so those relationships, I think, really helped us on that second time around. I,
1: yeah, I uh, a friend of mine. We were talking a couple weeks ago. He coach, he's a coach at TCU we were talking about the portal, and one the the way he kind of explained it was, he said, it's almost a disadvantage for some of the smaller schools, Mm -hmm. because he said, there could be a player that you were kind of iffy on, maybe coming out of high school, and they go to a smaller school, and then you may play them, or you see them on TV, And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. And then, you you know, if they're at, you know, a a Mac school or somewhere else, it's like, you know what, transfer portal, and we're going after them. And I just thought that was an interesting way of kind of looking at it. Like, the smaller schools now might be at that disadvantage. But That's
0: a great point, But
2: think about it, though. I also heard the other side of the coin. If you're at a big school, and say it's Alabama football, right? Now you have guys in their twos and Mm -hmm. threes that are also coming down. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, like you said, my perception will be it'll be interesting where everything shakes out Mm -hmm. but i think people are going to go it gives the players a choice Mm -hmm. and i think it's going to give coaches like hey if that it's not a good fit for a player you also as a coach and a culture just like within a business if you don't want to be there you don't Mm -hmm. really want them there because that can negatively affect your Mm -hmm. mission right so it'll be really interesting i think because i've heard both sides too calvin yeah hey people go up people are going to come down per se uh depending on the sport in the type of but i think me personally i think looking at cincinnati all sports i think are in a good position Absolutely. um being in where they're at i think it, i think it could be really really good for even our alma mater miami too potentially mm-hmm. depending on how it all shakes out but um it's definitely a different world of, of inter- for college is. athletics and we were actually on on monday at uh, bob huggins we went to the mm-hmm cancer research for uh, Norma Mae Huggins yes. uh, cancer event and coach Miller was there in the uh, the uh, the MC asked both of them their thoughts on um, the uh, players getting paid uh, to you know for endorsements and different things what is uh, from your standpoint or women's basketball what's the take on that inside of your industry or within UC's yeah. program
0: well I think at the end of the day it, we, it goes back to um, you know, That should be their opportunity and their choice. It really should be. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's different, you know, we, you know, I'm in a different uh, age bracket than you all, but as we, uh, you know, things revolve and, and, and time changes. And it's just as coaching, we have to change and we have to make sure that we're keeping up with what that looks like. And I just believe that that's what it what it should be. And right now, um, you know, they're very fortunate that they're going to be in this position uh, to be able to do this. And I think it's amazing. I'm really excited about UC and how they're trying to implement to make sure that our student-athletes have that uh, ability to be able to, you know, brand themselves and do the things that they need to. So, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm all for um, them being able to put themselves in, in that position. Yeah.
2: And by the way, he's got gray beard, so – you know, he, do, he's trying I to do. shave <laughs> for you today. So 40s, 40's around the corner. Yeah, so. yeah. Are we ready okay. for uh, some hot, hot topic questions? Or? Sure. No, I, we say this every time. We call it the hot seat questions, but they're so easy. You, you, I put I, you him in I charge of the Quick there. hitters on here. Quick, quick hitters. hitters so he's okay. taking it easy on Coach. You guys had a little deal on the side here to <laughs> take it easy on Coach. I see how it is. Oh, no.
0: I think I do pretty good On the hot seat But we'll see
2: Yeah Yeah he doesn't I think this is pretty easy AK slid me a 20 Just
1: just kidding So we
2: kind of talked about this I'll do the first one Um, And this is not necessarily Maybe a quick hitter But we come to UC practice. Mm-hmm. I know you said it's not going to be like Coach Huggins out there. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> he puts so, me on the spot. Yeah. But what will we see? Mm. How, do think, you, how do you coach your team in practice, on the floor? What, what yeah. would be something Calvin and I would see when we walk into the arena?
0: Um, just, I think, my passion. Really mm-hmm. big. My passion is something that uh, I'm uh, very detailed, uh, passionate Um and I love, uh, that's just, it's like my sanctuary. I love it. Um, love the teaching part. Uh, and you would probably see, um, you know, a lot of one-on-ones talking with kids and, and, and helping them, getting them to understand that goes back to understanding who my players are and knowing that some people might need a little more attention on some one thing and uh, pay attention more to detail. Um, you would definitely see me a ton with my point guard, uh, because that is, that's what makes us go. And so, uh, at that relationship is a, a big deal and so I really focus a lot on that because in practice we'll be getting up and down uh, we we, pra- we try to practice like we play and uh, so we love to get up and down the floor we want to be able to score in transition so um, that's what you probably will see <clears throat>
1: we asked Coach Miller this one um, where's your uh, where's your go-to place to eat here in Cincinnati oh <laughs> uh, whoa, my go-to you can have a couple.
0: I can have a couple? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I kind of go with the flow, like, if it makes sense. So, you know, you try to – we're athletes, so, you know, I try to stay on that healthy kick uh, during the week. We try. Uh, But then, you know, we do. We, we try. Meal prep and stuff sometimes, you know. So on the weekends, I kind of – my husband is, like, kind of wherever he – you know, we love, of course, Montgomery Inn and, like, just different things. It just depends on what it is. We have uh, – I, I don't know It's just
2: I'll tell you what Speaking of Montgomery Inn So with the outing The uh, the event was there I didn't realize They had good Chocolate chip cookies uh-huh. I'm not I'm gonna admit this Right here on, You see on this the right point. here You hear what you
1: just yeah.
0: said I, And then we went to Chocolate chip Right cookie. away It's my, not ideal But you know what My husband knows that too Because he <laughs> loves He loves chocolate chip cookies Oh
2: so tell him Sleeper chocolate chip cookies Montgomery Inn I'll tell you this They are obviously So they had The plates come out They got their great chips you have your chicken and you have ribs i mean it was an incredible plate so i'm like oh man i'm so stuffed i'm so stuffed <laughs> then they they bring these pl- tr- these platters of cookies mm-hmm. on each table and so i was uh mean, hands, hands, <laughs> hands up hands hands up but i had if you can't see uh those are watching two two cookies but i'll tell you i was the first one to go after them i'll tell you what they look so good and i was just like i was so hungry still for cookies the sweet tooth but you, anyway you
0: wanted to be the leader yeah so you, be the leader hey
2: you know be the first one everyone's kind of watching who's gonna be the first person to do it and i said hey i'm in <laughs> i'm in on this thing but yeah montgomery inn so no one knows that like i didn't know legit really good cookies at yeah. montgomery inn